0: Learn more at marines.com. Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. He's gone. He's coming in. Taylor Siddle's gone. Check out his birthday. Go. 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 go, ahead. go, ahead. go, ahead. go
1: ahead. Hello, everybody. We are back again. You're listening to Two Slips and a Gully, and I'm joined by my good friend, Glenn. Hello and I'm joined by captain grumpy skip otherwise known as Gary hey guys how are you no oh, I'm still I'm still reeling a little bit from my um, my trivia night defeat after choking oh. horribly on the last two questions and losing but we won't go there.
2: That was strategic, I'm <laughs> telling you. <laughs> it wasn't luck.
0: Like.
1: Um, so, uh, if you've been keeping up with cricket in the uh, in the current sense, the series against the West Indies and England has just wrapped up. We covered the first test a few episodes ago, and now we're going to have a chat about uh, tests two and three. Do we have to? Uh, no. Unfortunately, it's not the result that... Uh, <laughs> The uh, employees at Two Slips in the Gully here were were hoping for, but this is what we do, Glenn. Yeah. Rise above it and we'll have to talk about I mean, how well England played.
2: You can't it's, live in the delusion where, uh, you know, the little bubble where West Indies were up one hill <laughs> your whole life.
1: I've um, I've organised the um, decontamination unit just outside the studio so we can scrub down after having to talk about uh, I, how well England played in that series, because they did. Yeah. Credit to the Poms. They, um, they were a class above for both the second and third test. They uh, yep. um, really got their act together, and they were just... Way too good for the West Indies. But we'll get into all of that coming up. How are you doing, Gary? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know, striving on not watching cricket. (laughs) It's
1: all right. I'll be back next week. And, you know, we've got a whole other team that we can root for to beat England. But we'll talk about the first team that didn't quite get it done just after this. So the second test, we've moved heaven and earth to get both teams to uh, Old Trafford for the next two tests. Well, heaven and earth, that uh, didn't seem to include Joffre Archer, though. <laughs> nice. Um, that this uh, The beginning of this test was You've been just... holding on to that one. I have, I have been. It <laughs> uh, was marred by Joffre Archer taking a detour on the way to the test. Um, you, um and then getting lost. and then getting quarantined so he couldn't take part as
0: yeah, yeah but it, you know what thing that bothers me he went home which is neither here nor there but he got quarantined for 5 days so he could still play in the next test but if you get quarantined in Australia or anywhere else in the world it's 14 days
1: yeah i thought it was rather strange as well i yeah. suppose they were assuming that if he was in a bubble he wouldn't have infected any of his teammates, but I don't know. I don't know how it works. Apparently, two days was enough. Oh, no, he was quarantined for two days and then he got, um, he had to pass two uh, COVID tests. So, one at the beginning of his quarantine, one at the end of it. And if he was then still yeah, free yeah. of symptoms or whatever they test for, he was allowed to then you know, rejoin the team in the bubble. Um, I found it quite strange that obviously he was quarantined for the beginning of the test, which meant that ruled him out of the second test. So in a sense, he wasn't actually punished at all no. in terms of a suspension or anything like that. So, He just missed the test. He just missed the test that he would have had to have missed because the health guidelines meant that he... So he yeah. missed the test because you had... So if he got... If it was a week between the test matches and they found out straight away and then he had two days quarantine, found out he was fine. Would he have played in that test? Or did they assume that because he already missed the second test, that was enough of a punishment and then brought him back for the, no. for the third? Um, who knows? But what it did mean is England went into the, um, the second test with a brand new bowling lineup as they arrested uh, James Anderson um, and Mark Wood. So then they, I think it's the first time I've seen a team – Without injury, how go into a test with a completely new bowling lineup? They brought in Curran, with the Curran, exception of the spinner. With the exception of the spinner, so yep. a whole new quick battery. So the um, uh, Anderson and Wood were rested, and then Archer was obviously left out due to COVID concerns, which brought back Stuart Broad. Um, Chris Wokes came back, and they brought in uh, Sam Curran as the the extra quick. And boy, wasn't Stuart Broad! ready and raring to get out there and show England that they messed up by not playing him in the first test. Yeah. yeah he
0: just does things that Broad does.
1: Uh. Um, it's, uh, anyone who's listened to this podcast for, more, for any length of time will know that we are not a fan of, of Stuart Broad because we are proudly Australian and it's just uh, not what we do, but Broad was as close to perfect as you can get for a quick bowler over these two tests as you can get. He was... Borderline unplayable at times. Um, master of line and length, he, he didn't fall back into that old Stuart Broad trap where if he pitches it up looking for swing or, or seam movement and gets driven, you know Stuart Broad of three four years ago will immediately have dropped his length back and become not less you know less intimidating. There's yeah. not he's not throwing it up there getting that. But Stuart Broad, I remember Campbell hitting him for a, for a really nice drive in in this in the second test. Um, cover drive, and then Stuart Broad, you know, Stuart Broad old, have whacked in a bouncer or brought his length back. He bowled the exact same ball again and almost go on, hit it again, got the outside edge, um, took the wicket. And he did that a lot. There were a couple of players that got on top of him, hit him for a couple of drives. Mm. Uh, and it came up in commentary quite a few times that Nasser, saying and Atherton noticed that, you know, Stuart Broad of a couple of years ago would have um, brought his length back and to not be driven anymore, but instead he kept firing the ball up there and just got lots and lots of success. And they showed a couple of, a number of times through commentary that the, his average length from, say, 2017 to now has moved forward half a metre, which is quite yeah, a lot a, it's, for it's an average way. length.
0: It's a long way. Yeah, But if it works for you, it works for you. Mm.
2: I, I think he really broke the series open with that second new ball. Yeah, absolutely. That, that was the spell. In the in the second test, second new ball, uh, picked up, like broke one of the partnerships. I think it was Brooks who had 68 and then got um, Blackwood for a duck and Dowrich for a duck. And all of a sudden, you know, West Indies, you know, they started that innings well. They went from, uh, let's say, what was that partnership, say, so, four for 200-odd to... They went from four for 242 to all-out for 287.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that so was brought that. on largely by that, yeah, like you said, that new ball spell from from Stuart Broad. Um, yep. This was a funny test. Um, so the West Indies won the toss, and there was a bit of weather around, so they sent the... Um, sent to England in. And this is probably the worst the West Indies played with the ball Uh,
2: for the entire series, that first session. That was a big part of the momentum swing as well. Like, they've won the first test on the back of their bowling. Um, They've done the big gamble because you've got quick turnarounds and they've gone with Gabriel
1: who has shown injury concerns, but they thought, we'll put all our eggs in this basket if we win this test. Yeah. We win the series and we can rest Gabriel for the next
2: one and then yeah. yeah, Gabriel just his radar just was, was all over the place. Kemar Roach didn't have a good start to the test. None of them even Holder himself was too short in that first well, hour or so before lunch. Yeah, they didn't make they, him play. Like it, it
1: They got bailed out by Rost and Chase <coughs> picking up um Rory Burns right on the lunch interval. Yeah. And then picking up Crawley. Straight after the lunch interval, Oh, yeah. At, so in the at, first hour and a half, they were two for for not many, and you're like,
0: I was well, so excited at that point, and I'm like, this is going to be so good. They're going to tear through them. Then, um, then they oh.
1: picked up Joe Root for twenty odd as well. So then they're yeah three for for not
2: many, and then yeah, that was that was good bowling um, to Root. Um, pitched it up out out wide. Joseph did bowl better than his figures in this test. Oh, actually, he to was, be fair, he was probably the best. <laughs> other than
1: that first hour, that first morning, the West Indies bowled very, very well. What yeah. won't be said here? We'll look at this and we'll go there. Four hundred and sixty-nine for nine declared. Sibley marched on and scored a hundred. Stokes marched on and scored a really big hundred. Um, you know, there were some contributions down the order and up, nearly getting five hundred. What it doesn't say is the first session of day two, when they got out there, there were 27 plays and misses Mm. and eight outside edges that just didn't make it to the fielders. So they bowled, and that's just in the first morning. So the Windies came out and bowled their asses off to get back into the game, and they just couldn't get any luck. And they couldn't get the breakthrough. The ball stopped doing what it was doing, and then Sibley and, and Stokes played Fantastically well, weathered the storm. Mm. You know, a bit of luck went their way quite easily. One of those plays and misses turns into a nick that carries to 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 a fielder, but it didn't. They rode their luck, they stayed calm, and they just ground out a score that basically put the Windies out of the game.
0: And that, and that's it, though. They did grind it out. Yep. It. If if you want someone to start watching Test cricket with you, that's not the game to watch. Definitely.
2: I don't think it's the worst game. The start of it was great, but if you're watching
0: Dom Sibley and Ben Stokes at certain times bat, it was boring. Boring, boring, boring. However, when the ball stopped doing things and they sort of slowly started to go, it... Well,
1: I think...
2: I I don't think that that embodies test cricket in a way. I
0: think it was
1: disciplined bowling from the Windies as well. Like uh, Butler came out and scored it. The strike rate of fifty, and he's normally a dasher. Yeah, ended up with forty off eighty balls in a time when England should have been pushing for a declaration. And so I I think there was still, despite the fact they weren't getting any breakthroughs, the Windies were bowling well.
0: Yeah,
1: um, they were bowling discipline. They weren't trying. They they weren't letting the game get away from them in the sense they were just throwing it away. They kept their discipline all through that first innings. Yeah, it's just you know their luck rode on that first Mm. morning. They didn't execute. And then the second morning when they had another crack to try and break into that middle order early, they just couldn't get any luck. So poor yeah. discipline in the first the first morning meant that they didn't get a lot of love with the new ball. And then just twenty seven plays and misses and eight edges in a morning yeah. and you yeah. don't get anything. That's just like I just, And you know, they were
2: very and, unlucky. And they were calm about it, you know, they were still smiling. I don't know how like if I'm captain, there you're tearing I, your hair out. I don't have any hair left, you know. I'm, <laughs> you know, and I, I, I am a, um. I, I do have a lot of hair for, you know, people who can't see me. It being a podcast and all that, <laughs> you know. I'm I'm going from me to to Gary. Yeah, well, who doesn't have <laughs> any hair. <laughs>
1: um, and then in reply, like we said, the Whitney's actually got off to a, a pretty decent start. Uh, Brathwaite looked good ground his way to 75, there will be two fifties in two tests that he's got now. So they would have been very happy with that. Um Al-Zari Joseph scored 30 as the night watchman, actually looked pretty handy with the bat. Someone yeah. who, you know, is destined to be a number eight and not really be a liability. I don't think he's going to be an all-rounder by any stretch, but like Pat Cummins for us, he's not quite all-rounder level, but if he's going in there and batting with a batsman, you're not sort of like, oh, well, Better farm him from the strike. This is a guy that looks like he can hold himself. Yeah. Um, Shy Hope was again disappointing. Hung around for 70 balls. Got himself out for 25. Um, Shima Brooks, again, looked really good with the bat. Um, and then that was the start of Stuart Broad um, just yeah terrorizing
2: them with the new ball. Well, I, I think, yeah, they, they batted well early. Um, and you can't really fault them for falling to broads. I mean
1: the disappointing yeah. thing about this is they had the game with rain delays and how long England took to score their runs in the first innings. Yeah. They really had an opportunity to push for a draw. So all they needed to do was not get bowled out with that second new ball mm. on that day. Yeah. They managed that. Yeah. This is a they they draw this test, but their their middle order so which is normally their
2: strong suit, just fell to just Stuart Broad I, on fire. I'd be I'd be a little bit more concerned here that you've got Brathwaite seventy five, uh, Shy Hope twenty five, Brooks sixty eight, yeah. Chase fifty one. They've all got star. One of those guys has to take hold. Yeah, well, like Chase is one, one out of four. Uh, uh,
1: Chase was like, batting with the tail. Yeah when he got his, and I think he yeah, was you, just sort of you can of,
2: probably excuse But your you're Boston right. Chase. You're 100% Someone's right. Someone's got to go on with Someone that. Someone
1: in that top order needs to go make a big score and they didn't. But all they it's needed right. to do When you get a,
2: when you're against a, a quality opposition, you're going to get the occasional zero score, especially mm-hmm. facing a second new ball. Um but yeah, so the move from
1: there uh, they they left the door open a little bit odds on it was still going to be a draw. They opened with um, Butler and Stokes. They picked up um, Butler really cheap, um, chopping on, um, and and then, yeah. Crawley got clean-bowled as well. So they were two for not many heading into the last morning, and then Stokes was phenomenal. 78 off 57 um, just blasted a score of 129, which I think was probably too many, to be honest. I thought, like, history will show that it worked out because they – They bowled West Indies out in 70
2: overs. But a lead
1: of three, when you need to, you have to win the test. Root had to win this test. Having enough on the board so if you don't bowl them out, it becomes a draw, was irrelevant. A draw wasn't enough. You needed to win. So it didn't really matter either way if you're like, oh, we run out of overs, at least they won't score the amount of runs they need. So he gave them a, a, what, 312 or something they needed to chase along those sort of lines, and they gave him 85-ish overs to do it. So he got five overs with the new ball. And like I said, it all worked out. Stuart Broad, again, was phenomenal in the second innings. I think he, what, he cleaned up. He got three for Wokes, got two. Uh, Bess and Stokes picked up two as well. Like They went, they ran through the the, um, the lineup. The only real resistance in the second innings from the West Indies was a 50 each to Brooks and and Blackwood. who were looking good. Holder hung around for 35, but it was, you know, the writing was really on the wall pretty early Mm. in that when they lost quite a few wickets up top. I just thought when the only alternative is a win against a team that you know has definitive batting problems, a lead of 300 probably wasn't necessary. He probably could have pulled the pin at 285 and given himself maybe 10 overs with the new ball. The last thing you want you've got – say you've got three, four wickets to pick up with that new ball. Yeah. You know, five overs probably isn't enough to get it done. Like, and as it was, it was – he rotated his bowls well. His bowlers bowled well. He set his fields well. Like, he executed the fourth innings well. I just think he was really conservative with that over 300 lead.
2: I think teams are now. Like, there doesn't seem to be many who – they want to take – the possibility of losing the game completely out of the equation before they think about declaring—that's just how they do it. Mm. No one, no and one, no one leaves a carrot anymore. And it, and it panned out like he got the job
1: done. They did the did a fantastic job and and got there. Yeah, just um, I would have hated
2: for I suppose for you, that know, to you, you, can, you can actually imagine would have loved what for the it media would would be like if Root you know declared you know two hundred ahead. Chucked him in and I think chased him down. I think I think
1: Root probably would have got out of it more if he gave, say, two eighty. Yeah. And they had just a phenomenal run chase, you know, Blackwood went off again and they rallied and, and got the job done. I think he would have been looked on frowned upon more is if he ran out of time. Yeah, If, if, if the Windies gave a, a fighting run chase and scored the runs, so be it. But had they been nine down, blocking out, and they've just run out of time, mm. I think the, the media would have really, really been all over. Especially if it was like they still had, like they had there, over 100 runs, I believe, 113 runs they had left over. You imagine if, say, let's just extrapolate that. So they're at 70 overs, they're going at... Two and over, which, if they're batting for survival, is probably generous. So, another 15 odd overs gets them to what? 230? Yeah. That's still another 70 runs left in the bank. Yeah. How uh, stupid would you look as a captain if they're 9 for 230 at the close of play <laughs> while you've still got 80 runs in the bank? I've had that happen to me before in local cricket. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, don't want don't to jump on him too much. I just I felt personally watching I, I that. I think that you that hit it on the head
2: before. I think um, the loss of the first test was still fresh in their brain and they're thinking, what if Blackwood just goes crazy again? You know, has a good hour and a half. There's a hundred. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I think that was was probably what what stayed his hand.
1: So any any particular takeaways from this test? So they've now leveled the series at one all. Um,
2: The only thing that you'd be concerned about with the execution of that test um, for England would be that Dom Bess wasn't able to clean up the West Indies Sooner on a pitch that was turning.
0: Yeah,
2: he he, he like, didn't have much. Did he? I don't think Dom Bess bowls at all in the next test. So I think that yeah.
1: Dom Bess is he's a batsman. He's he's learning his trade on the go. I um I don't think he's a finished product, and I think right. that showed in a in some of his you know his line and
2: length and some of the some of the so deliveries that he came out. So I think that. So you think they've picked Bess maybe just to have a look at him against the West Indies? And
1: well. <sighs> Like I um, we're far more we're far more familiar with the Australian first class system. Yeah. Um, I know a little bit about county cricket, but like Jack Leach was used in the ashes. Yeah. And Jack Leach wasn't much of a spinner. No. Um Mo Alley's been trotted out as their primary option. He's not much of a spinner. I just don't think there's too many genuinely classy right. spin options around. So I think they've just liked sort of a little bit of what Bess has provided. He had an okay series in South Africa and they're just yeah. they're just yeah. working with him. I
2: mean yeah, and, and the thing is they don't need like they don't need four specialist seamers because they've got Ben Stokes. Well, well funny you should say that. Well it turns out they <laughs> yeah, they need actually five.
1: We'll get we'll get
2: we'll get onto that in a
1: minute. I think yeah. that was primarily there to so Ben Stokes wouldn't have to bowl. Yeah. But we'll talk about that shortly when we get onto the third test. Um so some key takeaways out of this one, one that really irritated me was um was the the plaudits that Dom Sidley got for his innings. Well justified. Um, a big fighting 100.
2: Yeah, 100, um, hundreds don't score themselves and all yeah, that. But the thing that, that said, the thing we're going to pick up, pick up out party's 100 now. Not, <laughs> no, not,
1: not necessarily his 100, yeah. just some of the reaction to that. Like, uh, uh, the day, the morning after he scored that 100, that when he, he came out and everyone was talking about have England found their ashes answer? Is Sibley the new secret weapon for success in <laughs> Australia? And I'm like, are you guys are you kidding me? This guy yeah. cannot get off strike to an off-spinner if they set anyone on the leg side. Yeah. He has no offside game at all to speak of. They were like they were setting seven-two fields on the leg side. Like yeah. there was so much room on the offside from his score, he just wouldn't mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, so, he's not nearly as selective outside his off stump as people would have you believe. Yeah. like this is a guy that crabs all the way outside off. And still plays and misses at the ball a lot.
2: Exactly. So if if he doesn't change that technique, we can pinpoint right now what's going to happen. So let's mark it down in the date so we could <laughs> we can refer back to this. What's going to happen is we're just going to hang it out there, bowl the dry line, and he's going to get bored and spar at one. Yep. And nick it. Hang it outside off. And I tell you what, he he we're can not going to get away b- with it in England, but not, not in Australia. We're right?
1: going to have bouncy wickets and we're going to have an average speed. Of 145 well, or an average of let's go 142 kilometers per hour instead of yeah. mid 130s. I mean, Kemar Roach is a hell of a bowler, but he's throwing it down there at low 130s at the moment.
2: Uh,
1: yeah. Um so he's gonna get quick bouncy wickets, everyone's bowling, everyone's tall, everyone's bowling fast. Like and he he's not like Steve Smith. Steve Smith is excellent leaving the ball outside of off stump. Yeah. He was Sibley was feeling for bat on ball. Like, he was selective, and he bats slowly. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that necessarily he's an expert. At, like, I saw heaps of deliveries through this series that were nowhere near hitting the stumps, nowhere yeah. near that line even, and he was getting out there. He's a guy that likes to feel bad on ball. Yeah. And he gets, him, he gets himself well outside off and still likes to feel bad on ball. Like, he is selective about his shots. He likes to... He's very leg-side dominant when he get it on his pads and he'll get you over to the leg-side. But... Yeah, like just this this assertion that he was going to be this Ashes answer. And I'm like, what are you guys looking at? Like he, yeah, he scored some runs, but you yeah. can't take that technique over here. We'll just bowl Nathan Lyon at him at one end, be yeah. like what we did to to Cullinan with Warn. Like <laughs> Roston Chase. Like I like Roston Chase, but this guy is an off spinner that doesn't spin the ball, mm. and. And Sibley was making it Don't look like he was bowling, bowling hand that's grenades. His,
2: that's his secret.
1: <laughs> Sibley made him look like he was bowling hand grenades.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, he, yeah, like, well
1: done to him. It takes a lot of mental effort to well, be out there I, for I, as I'm long as he did. I'm not saying he
2: can't succeed at, at Ash's level, but he's going to have to make some changes. It is. He's well, not at get this a,
1: sport, uh, I'll eat humble pie if it works, but at this point he has a lot of work to do to be that to be successful in Australia because we just... Won't give him that. We'll just hang it outside off and make him score runs on the offside and dry it up. And if he's just going to sit there and occupy the crease, we'll take wickets at the other end and we'll look around there'll be three or four down and for not many. And Sibley's been out there for four hours. Yeah, like
2: He'll carry the bat for 25 not out. <laughs>
1: like, well, We did this to Al- other than one series from Alistair Cook. Alistair Cook was very much the same. He got in his pads. He destroyed you on the leg side, was suspect outside off, and we did that to him in England and in Australia our plan was to hang it outside off and just dry up the runs and Cook would there was times after that amazing 2011 series where he scored runs against us but he accumulated them and we did our damage at the other end so we sort of yeah. dried his scoring up and so we've, it's like oh, if you're not if you're going to be more patient than us then that's fine we'll dry up your scoring shots and we'll get your teammates out like we've shown tendency to do that, so that that was one bugbear of mine. Coming out of that is just how quickly they jumped on.
0: I suppose they have been looking one for 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 another open for quite some time. Yeah, and well then, then Cook retired, and they're looking for two, <laughs> <laughs> without much success. And I think Rory Burns is he's he's sort of kind of earned his spot after that series. He did really well. Sure. Again, Burns is
1: another one that I got question marks over in Australia. We got yeah, him, yeah. we bounced him out like driving on the up at cover. or not at cover, at um, like gully and point and places like that. And that's only going to be more exposed. Yeah. He's only going to be more exposed to the short ball over here. So I still think that they've got two openers that are very, very suspect when you get change of conditions. That being said, hmm. they did play well in um, – Burns played relatively well in South Africa
2: as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is similar conditions. So you know you can see improvement in this series as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Him playing off spin, he, he looked like a joke in the second test. <laughs> well, uh, one thing
1: that worries me about Burns is his release shot against off spin is obviously the, to stand up and cut the ball whenever there's any any length. Yeah. But he cuts the ball with his weight going away from the ball. Yeah. He doesn't. So he stands control. up and yeah. So he cuts a lot in the air. So again, that's another thing on with Nathan Lyon extracting more bounce. That'll yeah. be something that he'll need to look out for if he's going to be well. The other backing one, away to play the shot,
2: hitting the it. The other in one air. I believe is his, his sweep shot. That was what he used in the third test. And
1: again, with the extra bounce from it's Nathan Lyon, he didn't. A, yeah, he didn't look. Sh- he didn't look sure playing that sweep. That looked like that was something that he adjusted sort of mid-series. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but so he did. He did look better, to be fair. Yeah, they he, did. And he, and, and he one thing you that. can say from from Burns and from Sibley is that they're grafters and that they're willing to put in the hard work to hang around. So I'm sure yeah. it's in their their ability to adapt, but they've got a lot of adapting to do. They're going to yeah. be in for a rude shot coming out here unless they're there's prepared a, for the short ball.
2: There's but, not going to be many punters who are, are like buying the ticket to uh, to see him bat. No, <laughs> so, I, I,
1: I, that's actually a fantastic segue because the guys that they're going to be buying tickets for will be Ben Stokes. How good was Ben Stokes in this test? As much as we don't like him either. he, no, was, he
2: was rubbish. Quite good. Yeah, um, um, you know he the, was he was rubbish in that he did really well <laughs> at, em- at everything and it annoys me. Um, <laughs> he, he, except
1: except Fielding, he had a pretty ordinary <laughs> series. Other than the court and bowl he took, he was actually pretty ordinary catching
2: yeah. the ball. There was that amazing um, one where he chased the ball down when he was bowling. We chased it but- down by letting them run for, but it was a good show yeah. of effort. And then he came back and then. Yeah. Took a
1: wicket with the next I'm ball. I'm pretty sure I didn't drag that back, but the uh, umpire didn't need to officiate they, on it anyway. Yeah, they ran four. Yeah. Um, I think he's, as much as it pains me to say it, well, it doesn't really, because it's about time that New Zealand had a player that was the <laughs> best player in the world again since, you know, Hadley.
2: Yeah.
1: <sighs> he is quite... This series has shown at the moment that he is probably the class batsman in that lineup. I think he's overtaken Root at the moment. Root's got some things he needs to work out.
0: Yeah, how to play cricket.
1: And then his ability in the field. <laughs> we know that typically Stokes is a phenomenal fielder. And he's just got a golden arm. He just seems to take wickets at the right time. He bowled an incredibly long spell. He's banging the ball into the wicket, trying to get um, a breakthrough there. He, he's showing that at the moment he's probably going to be – yeah. He's no he's no lower than probably third in the world in terms of cricketers at the moment, and, he's, mm. and that's just depending on whether you take Smith or Coley
2: before him. If you weren't looking for a class he's, all-rounder, you'd go. He's got this knack when he bowls with his bowling of, of bowling two really awful balls <laughs> and then following them up with like an absolute jaffa. Yeah, just one that just cannot be played. Like it just, it's, you'll, you'll be watching him and you'll see like, oh, four runs, oh, Four runs. This oh, well, and this and it usually
1: one. happens at the back end of his spell too. I think yeah, what it yeah. is, is it's fatigue. And you'll bowl two balls and that are loose because he's starting to get tired. And yeah. then all of a sudden he's goes, I'm jack of getting hit for four. Just digs deep, sucks it up, yeah. focuses and comes in and bowls something that's just unplayable. And you well, just it, like, yeah. where did that
2: come from? His resilience and fitness is, is crazy. Um, and he brings, he brings the 2020 game into tests. He goes, you know. Yeah. He's just a psycho with a bat. He really is. Yeah.
0: Well, But but he, he played what well, the they, innings... You know,
2: they, they have got security footage that uh, you know, <laughs> confirms that.
0: <laughs> you cannot do that, Ben Stokes. You cannot do but that. He, but he also plays really well. Like, he, he took... How many balls was it, Aaron?
1: Oh, well, he's 176 came off 356 balls. He was at the crease for 487 minutes.
0: Well, oh. it seems like you've either had that written down or it's sitting in front of you. Ah, it's um,
1: sitting in front of me. I'm not that nerdy.
0: Um, it, it's it's not very many players who, who can be as aggressive as him and so patient. Mm. And you've got Sibley down the other end who doesn't know which end of the bat to hang on to, who scored 100 and what? 120. 120. And just couldn't, could not get a, off the mark to save himself.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. it's just it's just testament to Ben Stokes's ability. He set he scored his slowest ever 100 um in the first innings and then scored one of the fastest 50s by an Englishman um yeah. in the second. So well, it's just a you know, testament to that's just to... a
2: full array of gears. He's he's just about the complete cricketer. Mm. Yeah. He he can defend with a bat, he can attack with the bat, he can bowl, he can field. I don't think there's a, um, there's a team in world cricket that wouldn't benefit w-
0: from him. In the- Ab-
1: absolutely not. He'd, he'd, he'd he could, start for any team.
2: He can get the cordial mix right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, just before we move on to the third test, I just want to put, like, again, put out a shout-out to, to Stuart Broad. Um, we thought it was absolute lunacy that he didn't play in the first test, and so did he. He came out and didn't mince words, said that he was – Angry that he wasn't playing and was keen to prove them wrong. I really like that. Yeah, didn't do any sort of like, you know, PR. Yeah, nice at ease. He just came out and said, "Yeah, I'm I'm cranky. I wanted to play and I'm not playing and I'm pissed about it and mm. I want to get back and show them that it was stupid not to play me."
2: It's it's just refreshing every so often to have a proper interview where you not you're not sure what the person's going to say because they <laughs> they just like. Where their heart's on the their heart on their sleeve for a change rather than like That's how cricket used to be. That's one thing I yeah. did like about um obviously with the
1: amount of rain that was going on and the um inability to go and interact directly with the players, there was more of a focus to get them out. So they had like a diary room sort of set up for those of you familiar with the yeah. any reality TV show of the last two decades where they just interviewed Stuart Broad, you know, to camera, and he was sitting there, and he listening to him talk, and you're like, this guy's actually a really, really intelligent cricketer, as much as it pains me to say it because he's just been a thorn in Australia's side for so long. You listen to him talk, and he's like, there is a proper cricketing brain in there. Yeah. Um, Michael Vaughan came out and said as a big testimonial to him that he was the only bowler that he has played with that thought would genuinely be able to captain a side. Which I think is pretty big praise.
0: Yeah, because most yeah. most bowlers are like, oh, just give it to me; I can do it. And I think
1: I think Stuart Broad has the smarts to captain aside. But I think if you look at him when things sort of don't quite go his way, you can see that he that wearing his heart on his sleeve yeah. comes to backfire a little bit. So I don't know necessarily he emotionally would have been able to maintain the decorum to captain aside full full time. But you listen to and he's you know he's a really smart cricketer, and that's that's come out to show in the last. Few interviews and obviously over these tests. So we'll jump into the third test, which is again at um, Old Trafford. Um, again, yeah. If at first you don't succeed, try and try again. The West Indies won the toss and sent England in.
2: Yeah,
0: well, how did that work out for them?
2: It didn't work out well, to be honest. <laughs> um, well, well the, there there has been a bit of argument around that um, with with the. Uh, People criticising Jason Holder there, and we we have chatted about it off air, but um, I think the, I think it's twofold.
1: Yeah. Um, his strength to his side is bowling. Yeah. The overhead conditions certainly lent themselves to bowling when at the beginning of these games. Yeah. And well, I don't know, like his batting lineup. I'm sorry, is garbage. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, but you're not going to change that lineup from being garbage if you uh, if you don't show any kind of confidence in it.
1: I I, um, I understand. Like I'm not like.
2: We're, we're Australians. We were taught growing we, up. We really don't have an iron in this, this fire. N-
1: nine times <laughs> out of ten, when you win, win the toss, you bat first. On the tenth time, you think about it, and then, you're and bat. then you bat first. That's how Australian yeah. cricket has always been brought up. There, there is – Jason Holder actually is one of the few he captains that, in twice. that has a – What? <laughs> he, he does actually have a, a relatively positive um, record when it comes to winning the toss and bowling first. It, yeah. it works out. Just after – after losing the toss, after winning the toss and sending them in, and your bowlers bowling quite a lot, yeah, in the second test and the first test, and there's such a short turnaround. And the other, thing the rule is- of thumb should have been like, dig in, give our bowlers a
2: rest, guys. Like it, it
1: Gabriel's has- been on the field every day of that <laughs> game.
2: Yeah, it, it has nothing to do though, like with with what's happening on that day when you're batting first. The reason you're doing it is because you don't want to bat last, yeah. Essentially, and also in that third test, they've brought in a. Well, is he a specialist spinner? Well, Cornwall. allegedly. Hey, yeah. Be nice. <laughs> I was so yeah. excited when I saw him in the team list. Yeah. Um. Uh, I so Raheem Cornwall. Um.
1: Yeah. So he was brought in at the expense of um. Alzari we didn't, Joseph. We didn't actually cover that. So yeah. So he was brought in at the expense of Alzari Joseph. And then, as we talked about, England thought that four specialist quicks wasn't enough, so they decided to bring in five. Yeah, Anderson and Archer came back. Yeah, um, and it was Curran gave way. Curran gave way, so Wokes and, in. and Woke stayed in. So who was the other person that made way as well? Ah, oh, Crawley. Yeah. So they had a lineup of. Um, Burns, Sibley, Root, Stokes, Pope, Butler, and then Wokes, Bess, Archer, Broad, and Anderson. So they had potentially five specialist quicks. And as it turned out, I don't think that the Spinner or Stokes was used... In just having look. Yeah, so Bess and Stokes didn't bowl a single over in this test.
2: (laughs) So they were specialist batsmen. So they were specialist batsmen. (laughs) That's okay for Stokes, but Bess, he's batting at eight and not bowling. (laughs) Or did he bat at seven? Uh, no, he batted it. Batted a eight. Oh, he's, he's, he's building pressure he and his fielding with his fearsome sledging. <laughs> he batted behind Wokes.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, like I can see where Holder was coming from. He doesn't have any faith in his batsman, and he figures if I get this right, I could have England. Yeah, whole lot down for not many. They're playing a bunch of bowlers, and then I can't take the ascendancy of the game because England have got a below-par
2: score. Yeah, he's he's trying to to structure it exactly like the first test. And it nearly
1: worked. He picked up Sibley really cheap. They got Root run out really cheap. They picked up Stokes for 20. Like, this must be thinking to himself... This is fantastic. This is working. I'm, I've got it. And then Butler and Pope got together and put on a massive partnership, which got them to about 230, 240-odd. Yeah. And then they picked up both. They had a fantastic morning. Roach and Gabriel yeah, knocked yeah. out that's, Pope. That's second new ball. And Butler, cheap, went through Wokes cheap, got Archer cheap, and then Stuart Broad, the man of the hour, comes in, batting at yeah. 10. The guy that we make jokes about his batting for years now. Hits the fastest 50 by an Englishman who is not named Ian Botham. 50 off 33 balls. And they went from, you know, even with a good middle order partnership, having England out for less than 300 to them putting on 369 and again essentially batting them out of the game.
2: Did you hear in an interview that, that Stuart Broad said he based his technique on Warney?
1: <laughs> no, I didn't either. He said
2: that. Yeah, he said, oh, I, I tried to base it on uh, how Shane Warne batted in the 2005 series. And Warney did make a, a, a 90 in that yeah, series. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, so he, I don't know, he just sort of said that he looked at Shane Warne's technique and... For some reason, I'd I take back he, he decided every... to, 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 to try it that way. I just... take
1: back everything I said about Stuart Broad having a good
2: cricket. Why would
1: he not look <laughs> at someone like Ponting's technique? I don't know. Or Michael Vaughan's technique? I, I'm just reporting just what pick, he said. I'll just pick Warney, the guy that's
2: got <laughs> the equal Moser Ducks for Australia all time. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, like a, <laughs> all I can think of is that Shane Warne used to walk a long way across his crease, and the thing that gets Broad in trouble is that short ball. Yeah, so he so gets out a, of the way. It's a moving target, right? <laughs> broad, <laughs> Broad bowl. I don't think they had the
1: out and out pace to really trouble Broad with a short ball, and I don't think Broad was putting up with it either. He hit a couple of you know great back foot hooks and cuts. And then they just said oh, all right well enough of this let's try and bowl him out so they pitched it up and he just cleared the front leg and hit it over cover and I was just like yeah. oh dear I was watching this happen going, this is yep England have – <sighs> when they when what Broad what a frustrating one when got. Broad got to 40 I've just gone England have won this game yeah they've he's broken the back of the windies they were looking like this pain
2: off yeah. even like they and rallied after that he, partnership that He hasn't been he hasn't batted well since he got hit by that um Varun Aaron, yeah, uh, from from India, the guy who bowled quite express. Yeah. yeah, and then he just chimes in very infrequently with an innings kind of like that. But yeah. as
1: soon as he as soon as he tonked his way to about thirty or forty odd, I've just gone, that's it. England are going to put on a score of well over three hundred. You know, the Windies were looking like they were out of the game. Rallied to get rid of Pope and Butler really cheap. Got the game back into their control. Looking like, yeah, okay, if we get England for under 300 sending them in, that's great. Looking like doing that, then Broad comes out and does that. I'm like, that's just going to break the momentum. England are going to go in with too much. And that's exactly what happened. Um, It's it's
0: soul-destroying when a number number 10 batsman comes out. and Oh, absolutely.
1: There's nothing worse as a fielding side when you've done all the hard work and you're like, we're two to get, just don't stuff it up, we've done a really good job, and then you just watch the number number 10 or number 11 just come out and just do that, and you're just like, hell. And, and I think it showed. I think from from that point onwards, this was the f- – Oh, they the, were never in the game from yeah, the, from there. Even even in the the first game, the so the second test, when England were well in front, they looked like they were still competing. And I just think from the moment they got brought out – yeah that was they just switched off they're just like we we can't do it from here they've got nearly four
2: sure they on the board. I'm sure they tried but it did did appear that that was the uh, uh, that I, was the proverbial straw I think
0: some of them tried some of them are just like yeah we've got nothing here
2: kids <laughs> yeah and i I think you've got to be a little bit worried about that if looking ahead for the for the wendy's um yeah I suppose it's it's been a long tour. They've been isolated, live like basically living
1: in their hotel rooms, not being able to yeah. go anywhere for a long time. And I just think you gotta, three gotta, three back to back to back tests, that missing okay. home, all that sort of stuff. I just think they just ran out of steam by the end of it. They you, basically bowled an unplayed an unchanged lineup. So Gabriel was shot to bits by the end of that test. Yeah. Um, there's been no respite to go and do any work on their games. All the batsmen that are feeling under yeah. pressure aren't getting any release, they're not gonna be able to go and play think, a tour game or
2: Is there a little bit of like a culture of accepting mediocrity though? Because I don't, I don't know. Because I'm looking at that lineup and you like I've got to pick on Shy Hope, unfortunately, because the guy is still batting number three for an international team and over the last good while he hasn't been able to average even 20 i believe i think he's
1: he hasn't scored his last test 100 came in this subsequent tour like that's he scored 200s at Headingley, and then that's the last time he's got and
2: his total average is like 25 your number three has
1: to be better than that there's a big question mark on shy hope and he's obviously international class you don't accidentally average 50 in one day cricket. Like, that's Uh, a really... Ricky Ponting doesn't average 50 in one day cricket. I know. Um, And Ricky Ponting's in the argument is one of the best ODI batsmen that's ever lived. And he's what, 44? Mm. So he's six runs. Obviously, it's a different game now. Like, Ponting played when the average score was a lot less than what it is now. So there's more runs on offer. But that being said, to sustain an average of 50, you need to be good. Yeah. And so Shy Hope's obviously good. He just and like yeah. he, he, even in his first innings, he batted for sixty-four balls, one hundred and two minutes, and only got seventeen. And then ended up getting out. Admittedly, that one was a pretty good ball—the one that got shy yeah. hope in the first innings.
2: Yeah, um, but but when you are seventeen off sixty-four, you are not exactly putting pressure on the yeah. bowler. And that's the thing—he just needs
1: to find some way of of translating pressure back on. But again, mm. so they were roll they were rattled for one ninety-seven. Um, yeah, no one really stepped up. Forty-six from Holder, thirty seven from Dowrich. Well, I think thirty-two from Campbell, broad run right and took six for for the game.
2: Yeah. Well, for the innings. For the yeah, for the innings, sorry. Which ended up being a ten for. Spo- yeah. Spoiler alert.
1: <laughs> so they just just managed to avoid the follow on. And then um Burns and Sibley come out. Bat uh, relatively you just sort of Grinding the game it's, away, yeah, got themselves to the two hundred off sixty overs. Root came out and got a bit aggressive at the end. He was sort of got the innings marched on, and they declared. And um, sending uh, the West Indies in late on day three, and Broad took oh, what two, two wickets. Yeah, got two wickets
0: over like yeah, in that two, last session. They were two for ten overnight, yeah. which took him yeah, to four
1: hundred and ninety nine wickets. Yeah, but
0: he's also played 7,000 test matches.
1: (laughs) And I I think that is a feat in itself. Like, obviously, I'm not suggesting... Like, he will overtake McGrath. Like, that'll happen. There's so much time left. Anderson's already overtaken McGrath. None of us in this room look at that and go, Anderson's taken 589 wickets, and Broad's going to take probably 600 by the time it's all done as well. Yeah, No one in their right mind thinks either of those two bowlers are better than McGrath
0: i I'd, I'd, I'd take one Glenn McGrath over the the pair of them. Yeah
1: I oh, true I would too, but I think the fact that they've <laughs> <laughs> the, the fact that they've managed to play enough games to crawl to 500 wickets is yeah. a testament in itself. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, they've
0: played a lot of test matches, a lot of test matches.
1: And as fast bowlers that's hard to do. Dale Stane is unquestionably a better bowler than James Anderson. Unquestionably, he's probably a better bowler than nearly everyone on that list. Dale Steyn is phenomenally good, but his body only held up for 90 odd games. Yeah. And that's why he's sitting at 400 odd wickets whereas Broad and Anderson managed to keep themselves fit and firing and yeah, but the problem, while being marginally inferior bowlers.
0: The problem is too. Like you look at the England bowling lineup over the last, I don't know, for how long ever since Broad and Anderson have been there. You didn't really have a Shane Warne that took a shitload of wickets or a Glenn McGrath at one end that took. Played Graham Swan. Graham Swan was. Yeah, but they. they, You know what I mean, though? Like, Glenn McGrath also had to encounter Shane Warne, who took, what, 700 wickets? Yeah. So, how many of those did he take off Glenn McGrath? McGrath got to bowl first, though. Yeah, well. Not, uh, not always. He's from uh, New I, South I,
2: Wales, so he gets a head
1: start. I'm gonna everything. I'm gonna play devil's advocate here and like this, as much as we don't like him, this is a phenomenal achievement. You it don't is, you don't, is, you don't get to be mediocre and take five hundred wickets. As much as we like to say that he is. Oh
2: yeah. You can't be mediocre yeah. and
1: play long enough.
2: He might play third grade here.
1: <laughs> um you can't be mediocre and play enough tests to take five hundred wickets. He's like, yeah, his average is what, roughly about twenty eight. Same with the Andersons. Like they're not elite averages no one's going to probably take them in an all-time 11 but the fact that they're they're good T- averages around 28 worldwide they would probably are, make an England all-time 11 yeah they would they yeah. wouldn't <laughs> they'd probably <did. laughs> but they wouldn't if you're going to take pick a world all-time world 11 yeah, yeah, Anderson I mean. and Broad don't get close
0: yeah they don't even get but, to carry the oranges
1: Aaron but 28 is a is a good average you're a, you're a very good fast bowler for a career average over the across the world of yeah, 28 yeah. And True. they've managed to be very good without being elite hmm. for well well in excess of 100 test matches. For a fast bowler. Oh, that's phenomenal. Like, yeah. And, you know, look at guys like Brett Lee, their bodies broke down, um, Stain's body broke down, all that sort of stuff. They've managed to keep themselves fit and firing. And the way that Anderson looked in that test, he's probably got another two years left in him. Which yeah. is unfortunate. Well, I think. Terry Alderman tackled that streaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Michael Vorden suggested, and I tend to agree with him. If they stay healthy, they will probably finish one and two for all-time wickets taken by a fast bowler.
0: And it's 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 only and, gonna-
1: and that's a and that's a phenomenal achievement. Whether or not you know McGrath averaged twenty for his wickets and Anderson averaged twenty-eight, we know that McGrath is a better bowler. We know that Akram is a better bowler. We know that you know stain is a better bowler marshall was a better bowler we know these guys are better bowlers but the fact that they've managed to be in the game for as long as they've been in the game while still being very 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 good
0: well you can't you can't play test cricket for so long and not take so many wickets yeah like it's it's just it's just simple yeah. maths
1: we but, we, but, we make it up we say we say it's a bit of a joke oh he's only taken 500 because he's played so many tests
0: yeah,
2: but if he, he
1: wasn't good, he wouldn't be playing that yeah, many tests. Yeah, they, they wouldn't yeah. have picked him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like if he wasn't taking wickets, he wouldn't be there.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: And he but. is one of,
1: especially in England, he's probably one of those bowlers. He's he's almost better than Anderson, I think, in England, in the sense that once he gets a roll on, I don't think there's a more damaging batsman, sorry, more damaging bowler than Stuart Broad when Stuart Broad gets his tail up. And just gets into one of those spells, like he did that yeah. eight for fifteen against us, and
2: he's you know he's just done he just oh. manages to click and hit that groove. But they don't really count because I suppressed that memory, <laughs> so do I? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what happened. He, he never took eight for fifteen against well, us. No way. What are you talking
0: about? <laughs> when a bowler gets into into those grooves, Jesus, good to watch. It doesn't matter. Like, I don't even care if it's against us.
1: Well, there was yeah. actually a spell. Um, it was really just gripping television because it was that 60-odd that Warner scored in the third test. Broad was all over him and just couldn't quite get him out early like he had been. And it was phenomenal cricket because Warner was batting so well to not nick the ball. <laughs> And Broad was just had the ball on a string. It was like he could do anything he wanted. Um, And like I think I said it in um, when we broke down that um, that test, we're talking about it. It was some of the best batting I've actually seen Warner have because Broad was all over him, way too good for him. And Warner did such a good job of just playing the line of the ball. He goes, Broad's going to swing it past the outside edge. Hopefully, I miss it. But I'm just going to play the line, and he just. He batted for for a good while. Ended up, you know, grinding his way to sixty odd, and that's when I thought Warner might have turned the corner and we might actually get some runs out of him. Didn't actually end up happening, but it was such a, it was just such amazing television because Broad was had him beaten all ends up. Don't can't remember how many times Broad coming from around the wicket, angling it in, seaming it away, beat the outside. It must have been thirty times, I reckon. Yeah, I remember watching. And then Warner just. Held his line, held his line. It was really, really good to watch. And just Broad's one of those bowlers that once he finds a groove, he sticks there. And he's one of those all like all-time great spell bowlers. Someone like Johnson or Ambrose or Akram or McGrath, like players like that. The once they get into a groove and just drive it home, Broad's right up there with them. I think he's a bit better than Anderson at that too, just because I think he's got a couple more. Strings to his bow with his height, and he's able to get yeah. more bounce than Anderson does.
0: But I, uh, um, I think the, the 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 best spell bowler was probably Akram. Actually, have you ever seen some of his spells? I have. Reverse I don't swing? know. I've oh. seen I've seen it some it, it highlights
1: go, of Curtly Ambrose just doing Curtly Kirt, got borderline
0: g- illegal things to cricket teams. Cranky. He, you don't want to make him cranky. Yeah. But Akram, man, if he got on, it, it didn't matter who you were. No. He'd swing it both ways. Unless it was Martin Crow. Oh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, (laughs) spell bowling. It's really Um, good. Bit of
2: nostalgia there.
1: (laughs) So just cycling back to the test a little bit. So, yeah, there wasn't really much to talk about for this one. England were well on top early. set him in. West Indies had to bat basically a day um, with rain delays and got knocked out in 37 overs. Yeah.
0: It was a sad day for test cricket.
1: Nothing really of note. Shy Hope looked really good. Got his way to 31 off 38. Was looking really impressive. It's six boundaries and then
0: just front
1: foot pull shot one and straight up in the air.
0: You know what they looked like? A team that was very defeated.
1: Yeah, I think there's a team that they came out, they had nothing to play for, and some of their top order batsmen just figured there's nothing really to be be won here. We're not going to survive, and... It just—it was the first time I really saw the Windies sort of give up.
2: Yeah, was that yeah. those? I, I don't like that. Like, even when it's when there's nothing in it, you're still playing for your nation, or mm. in the case of the West Indies, your collection of nations, and that side still has a very proud history. Oh, oh yeah. Um, and and you when you're wearing the colours, you you don't want to be just. Folding like that.
1: No. Yeah.
0: It's, it's a bit like, like when Glenn McGrath came out to bat. He'd, he wouldn't care who you were. He would try his level best, which is usually garbage. Yeah. But that, that was his wicket, and he was so proud of it, and he'd hate getting out.
1: But or, that was not so much doing it for national pride. He genuinely thought he was a good batsman.
0: Yeah, but <laughs> there's still genuine pride. <laughs> I, I know. When, <laughs> when 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 he was down one end and Steve War was up the other end, and, and Steve Wall scored 100, and Glenn McGrath was down the other end, like that. You can't tell me he felt like that was his hundred. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's pretty pride. Much, yeah. Never ever give up. It doesn't matter what happens. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think I think that they just they just ran out of puff at yeah. the end of that series. They've been yeah, living, that, in, living in isolation for so long. Yeah. they've been well beaten, visibly tired, <laughs> visibly tired. I just nothing to play for, like on a
2: hiding to nothing. And I just yeah, I think there is there's positives there. I think Phil Simmons. Prepared them very, very well. They were on the mark in the first test. But they just ran out of steam from um, playing a side they that probably is made a selection mishap going with um, Cornwall. I don't think he he was
1: offered very little with bat yeah. and ball. To be honest, he was he was tight enough, I suppose, but didn't it made, really. It made me sad. roston Chase looked more dangerous with didn't the ball. Do anything? Um, um, yeah. He was a good fielder. Oh, I, I think they could probably he try dropped and- he actually dropped a pretty straightforward one at slip. He took a screamer yeah. and then dropped yeah.
2: before that he dropped one that was really straightforward he, as well. He was lucky he got got him out next ball. Um, <laughs>
1: there were some bright spots. Uh, I think Blackwood. Yeah. Like his stats may not show it, but I think he batted incredibly smartly in that last eighties like he was the last wicket to go. Well, um, he, he
2: wouldn't have been in their initial eleven either. They wouldn't have been expecting yeah, that much. That's one product. thing we've got to remember. There was a couple of players
1: that probably would have been in that batting lineup that um, made themselves unavailable to mm. I mean, because gotta, of the
0: COVID concerns. You got to think about that too. So it's not, it's an understrength West Indies team. Mm. Yeah, that went to England and got punished.
1: So well, someone like a probably. Darren Bravo probably would have ended up in that top order somewhere, I would imagine, which meant that maybe Shy Hope comes lower down the order and is not as exposed to the moving ball as much. I don't know. But um, Shimar Brooks looks good. He looks pretty solid there. I think he just got done by some really good bowling, and there wasn't obvious anything obvious wrong with the way that he batted. Um, you know, Blackwood's shown that he's not just the one-trick pony. He, like... Mm. Probably regrets the two deliveries that he drove straight at James Anderson in the first test, but other than, like, he, yeah. he uh, applied himself. He got done. He didn't quite make the most of his time, but at least he was getting done by good deliveries as opposed to being stupid. So
2: yeah, I, I, think I think he's worth persisting with. I think Craig Brathwaite probably... Uh, Turned the corner with his form a little bit too.
1: They'd be loving the fact that Brathwaite finally got some runs. They would like to see him knuckle. He's got a he's got to score hundreds essentially at the top of it, or he can't yeah. have too many innings where he gets dug in and then gets out in the in the fifties and sixties
2: and seventies. He has to consider himself, I think, the leader of that that batting lineup. I didn't um, didn't like. How back in the crease he was playing. That he looked good.
1: It doesn't have to be a massive stride forward, but he just got a couple of little strides forward and really drove the ball well. And that was yeah. when he was playing at his best. And just far too often, he just kept getting trapped on the crease, which is how Broad got him out for his five under the wicket. Just got trapped yeah. at the crease, got squared up, and got wrapped on the back pad.
2: Yeah, you um, get out. You get out, and you drive a couple. You you get get them bowling shorter.
1: Yeah. Um. So there's a few, few bright spots
2: there for the Windies. Their, their batting lineup is in a shambles. Oh, I though. think they they need to get more out of Jason Holder. <laughs> <laughs> I know more? they've squeezed every drop out of him, but he batted at uh, at seven and eight, and statistically, he's recently been their best batsman.
1: I think uh, seven is probably as high as ideally you I, want Holder to be. I
2: know they're trying to look after him, but I I think he could maybe push it to six. I think 6 gives him enough of a break um having bowled probably a little bit um or you can just manage his bowling a bit
0: well when, when the problem is like he's your your strike bowler he really is. He's
1: the best player. He's Gabriel the, and Roach are your strike bowlers in that side. He's the
0: best player on the team. He's not you a. He's not after. a strike
1: bowler though. Gabriel he's and the Roach are, are well, the strike bowlers. He's Ro- the one that Roach
0: hadn't taken a wicket forever. So somebody, but that's what Gabriel's your strike bowler. Like yeah. those two are your
1: your, your battering round bowlers, and Gabriel and is the guy that comes up and just bowls tidy from an end and gets yeah. as much out of the moving ball as he can and uses the bounce, but.
2: What do we yeah. think of the way he led the side? I think he made two really crucial errors sending England in. Yeah, but but I you, think oh, I, from I, I think the first time is fair enough, but I think the second time you got us sort other of go. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but uh, you got you gotta to remember too that's not just him. He doesn't just make that call. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But oh, you like know, he's think the one that makes the call. I like well, to think he
2: he, he makes response takes responsibility if if he's got an idea, he's the captain. Yeah. You know, he's he's the guy that has been I assume there's been some sort of uh, vote, or he's been a- appointed, so he should have the respect of his players.
0: Yeah, but he's got captain, uh, the, the captain, and the coach has got an input as well.
2: Yeah, so they'd yeah. game, they game plan. Obviously, I just I think that
1: they got that call wrong, especially for the third test, the second test. You uh, know, it's, I could see...
0: It's, it's understandable in the second one, but the third one, I think, uh, yeah, maybe not. I
1: think on the field, after that's done, so leaving the toss aside, I think he led the side well. I think he was yeah. proactive changing his bowlers. He was proactive with
0: his fields, um, you know. But it's, saying that, like, the the broad thing where he come out and scored 60-odd, you can't sort of plan for that.
1: I, I think that broads are like... It, Everyone says all the time when tail enders come off and end up scoring runs, why are you bouncing? Like, you know, Michael Holding, well, why are you bouncing him? If a good ball's good enough for a batsman, it's good enough for a tail ender. And I n- most of the time agree with that sentiment, but Stuart Broad has demonstrated really like a massive inability to play the short ball a lot of the time. Like he's going to get short balls when he gets out there. That's It's proven to work. So I just think that was one of those days that Broad – was put his big boy pants on, was ready for it and and hit it. And then by the time they decided, well, we better change things up, he had got his eye in and he was just happy to hit through the line at that point. So um, I don't know what you do with that. I think there's obviously a, um, a history where you can get in there and bowl short to broaden it works. Yes. So there's always got to go there at some point. And then when it doesn't work, it usually means that you're in for a, a, a bit of pain for the short term because broad – doesn't hang around for a long time. He's there for a good time. And if he gets a few hook and pulls away, that usually means that he's got his eye in and he's then going to put you, when you go, all right, well, I'm not going to get hooked and pulled. I'll go and pitch it up and he'll hit that for four too.
2: I think when you look at the, uh, how the West Indies bowling lineup was, was structured there as well. When Shannon Gabriel's not on the money with that short ball, who else do you have? Well, the only person really they'd have would be Holder
1: using, and it's not quick. It's but, but just but at hot. One,
2: you know one twenty five, yeah. one thirty max. No, well, it works for not, Wagner. Not going to scare <laughs> many people. Yeah, I, Wagner's just an intimidating guy, though. I
0: I, I think they were very unlucky. That a lot of decisions go sort of not uh, a, not against.
2: I don't them, I don't I think they were unlucky. I think
0: but England, not
1: their way. England played. England were the unquestionably the better side. This this result is an accurate depiction of how the two oh, teams yeah. played. Oh, but- the unlucky part was not getting that break. Like, the unlucky test was the second test for mine. They were out of the third test from, from well, like, not too far into it. Like, not too far into day one. They were well behind. The second test is where they lost this series by not showing up ready to play for the first session and then just not getting any luck on the first session of day two. Like, that... That, like, how many times have you seen a team have play 27 plays and misses yeah. and then not get anything for it? Um, but no, that third test, England were well and truly on top. I don't even think really too many decisions went against them in that third test. I think that was, um, was it Michael Goff, the, the umpire? I think every almost everything they reviewed came back with review lost. Like it. Not only was it was, was an
2: umpire's on, call; it was just review lost. There was a few on on day one with Cornwall, um, hitting the pads and and having it turned down, and goes umpire's up, call goes upstairs, and his umpire's call. Um, yeah, he had
0: three or four of those. Yeah. Three or four? Oh, I don't think it was that many. I, I don't one, rem- one or two. I don't I remember him was, bowling anything was, that dangerous. I think it was three. I know he had one against um, Sibley. I think he had one against. I think it was Root as well. Yeah, he
2: was robbed. He was
0: robbed. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just it just I, I it, those fifty fifty decisions can go anyway. But I I do think that they are
1: outplayed. The one the one against Root didn't look out. I think the DRS made it look more out. Like when you were looking, I was looking at that going, that's not out, and then it ended up being umpire's call, like clipping the bales, I think yeah. for Root's one. And I was looking at that going, yeah, that's too high. So it wasn't like, that's plum, why didn't you give it? And then sort of getting lucky or unlucky on DRS, like looking at it live. There and weren't many that looked out live that then...
0: And considering they're all using local umpires, they, umpires did a bad, didn't do a bad job. Well, the
1: first test they did an appalling job, but uh, for the, the last, last test two. they were very good.
0: Oh, they were a bit rusty as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So where to from here?
1: England have a test series starting next week against Pakistan which I am very excited about which means I get to take off my maroon colored cap and put on my green one go pakistan
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that
1: <laughs> oh yeah i made i made a post on on facebook today someone was um joined a cricket group that i'm on and they were asking um you know they were from finland actually finish finish
2: cricket finish Finish cricket the the next the next sensation and he's
1: like I don't know who to go for I'm 50-50 I'm a true neutral I'd probably lean towards Pakistan maybe 51-49 you know who should I go for and I just said to him mate um, if you're a true neutral go for Pakistan because Pakistan are the underdogs and it's always more fun as a neutral to go for the side that's less likely to win that was my reasoning. I said I'm going for Pakistan. However, because I'm Australian, and it's physically impossible for me to go for England unless they're playing India.
2: <laughs> and did he understand that? Uh,
1: I I don't know. He gave me a like a like on it, and, but but that's my reasoning. It's like if you if you have no vested interest, support Pakistan because they're the underdogs. If you I wonder like me
0: and an Australian, just do it because it's England and go I, for Pakistan. I love you, Azar, and. We- I know things about you that not many people do. What the fact that my mother's English. Well, there was there was there was three people in this room, and there's only one of us that can play for England.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Still, doesn't yeah. change the fact that I'll go for England when they play India, and that's probably about it. Yeah,
0: but who are you going to go for? For who are you going to go for when India play anyone? The other team. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> um so
1: yeah, so I think England are gonna to be too good. Like yeah. I, my McGrath like assumptions that the Windies were gonna get up were obviously found out. Yeah. They they were too good. Either I called, way, I called a two nil victory to the Windies which was very much Glenn McGrath calling five
2: nil. But Um Can I just say it's never felt worse being right. <laughs> you called two one England. I did. Um I I think Pakistan have a very similar kind of side to West Indies in that they... Have a very strong bowling attack. ...are very good uh, on their day and very bad when they're they're not having a good day. I think the key to this series will be
1: Babar Azam because that's the one thing the Windies were really lacking is a genuine test like quality test batsman like yeah. classy elite test batsman um and there's quite a few times that that series could have gone a different way if they just managed to build just one more partnership
2: yeah um it'd be interesting to see if pakistan can go in and bat first and put 450 on the board on on the back of like a, a, a really good Azam. Well the
1: first thing. the first test is gonna be at old Trafford and you've got to imagine after playing ten days of cricket on it in fourteen that it's gonna be you yeah. know, a little worse for wear. Yeah. Um so he's got a he's got a quite a job to do to get that back up and running. So, you yeah. know, that might be a little bit of a wicket that maybe doesn't quite have enough in it, or it could go the other way and he could soup it up and it'll be an absolute minefield for Swing bowling, which sort of plays into Pakistan's strength as well. They've got a fairly mm-hmm. handy um, bowling attack. However, the last two tests are back at um, Southampton,
2: yeah.
1: Which, as we saw in the first test, didn't offer a heap with the ball. So, if they play out something like that, it could be one that might play into Pakistan's hands a little more, having a yeah. probably a more um, internationally acclaimed batting lineup with that Baba Razam in the middle and Asad Shafiq, who is a uh, is a quality test batsman as well, and and, and
2: Azhar Ali and people like that at the top. He's got the technique for England, doesn't he, really? Mm. Leaves the ball well. I do think that, in all honesty, it's probably
1: going to end up being the same. I think it's probably going to be 2-1 to England, but I am hoping for a massive result where Pakistan wins 2-0. Do they
2: have that young
1: uh, express quick...
0: In their squad?
1: Um, I oh, am the not 100% th-
0: sure. The guy who took his first wicket and it was a no ball? That <laughs> guy?
2: <laughs> yeah, Nasim Shah. Nassim uh, Shah, that's it. That was disappointing. <laughs> and they would have Yassir Shah as well, I imagine. Yeah. I don't really know. He might factor in.
1: All right. I'll edit a bit of this out, but I'll go from somewhere and edit it in. So the Pakistan squad is um, – I'm going to upset someone with some pronunciation, so please forgive me. Um bid Ali, Assad Shafiq, Azar Ali, Babar Razam, Fawad Alam, Imam Al-Haq, Shan Masood, uh, Fahim Ashraf, um, Kashif Bharti, Sharab Khan um, – Safar's Ahmed, Imran Khan, Nasim Shah, Shaheen Afridi, Sahil Khan, Wahab Rehaz, Yahi Shah.
2: Okay. They've got uh, um And Rihaz. Uzman
1: Khan Shinwari. So the Shinwari played in the Big Bash. The left arm quick who played for the Renegades. Mm.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, um, so they've got a, they've
2: got yeah, a fair bowling attack there. It's going to be interesting. I think uh, Alam, Fawad Alam, is a... Uh, uh, an underrated player. I think he's been killing it in, in first class for the last few few years. I think you mentioned him about number six or so.
1: Yeah, that, that was just in alphabetical order. It's not a... Yeah. Um, Imam al haq will probably be one of the openers. I'd imagine Azhar Ali will probably bat at three like he did against Australia. So um, there's a bit to like there. Uh, Asad Shafiq sort of batted at... Sort of... Six normally, so depending... It could be a very interesting lineup. Um England yeah. are going to have to play well to beat them. Mm. Um, they're probably going to have to play better to beat them than they did against um, West the West Indies. like. But that being said, they played very well to beat the West Indies, but I think Pakistan's probably going to offer... Bit more of a challenge as they've got a. Um, I think there's
0: a lot more resistance in that team
1: too. Yeah, well, they've just got more recognised batsmen. I think, um, like Asad Shafiq, came out here and scored a bunch of runs as well. So Azhar Ali's a very well world recognised batsman. Babar Azam is probably pushing into that top four. I think um, this could be actually quite an interesting series if Babar Azam goes off and has a big series and Joe Root doesn't. Probably in, we're probably getting closer and closer to having to say that Root is been supplanted in
2: that sort of big four that we like to talk about. Yeah. If he's not careful, he'll be captaining England. So <laughs> sure there's a British passport in there somewhere.
1: Go and plant one on him. Oh, it doesn't count. He's actually English. Um, yeah, so I imagine England will be very much the same. Hopefully the English selectors will do themselves a favour and pick Broad and Anderson for all three tests.
0: Um, uh, I don't know if they will. I reckon they might in the first one, but I think they'll they'll rest at least one of them.
2: Yeah, they've they've tended to rest, especially being so
0: back to back. Well, so the thing is, he wasn't see so Stoke. Uh, i sorry,
1: Broad wasn't rested for the first test. He just he wasn't. Was, he he th- was dropped.
0: Do you, do you <laughs> think that had a lot to do with um, who the captain was? I don't think. No, I wouldn't imagine so. I think
1: it had to do with the fact that they thought they could use pace to blast the West Indies out. So they went with um, the quickest attack they could put together. They put Wood and um, Archer together thinking that I'll have the the skill in um, Anderson and Stokes and then use the out-and-out out pace of Wood and Archer. And like like we talked about in the when we broke down the first test, that Wood was pretty pedestrian, like he was quick, but yeah. Archer was more intimidating while still managing to bowl several miles an hour slower. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. I think they'll rotate. Um, but to be honest, if, if Broad and Anderson are fit, just play them. Like, what are you saving Broad and Anderson for? They're at the end of their careers.
2: Well, Just, Broad, Broad argues that he's still got some years left in him.
0: I know, but, like, he's not getting any younger. I, I think Anderson's like he's, closer to his career, end of his career. Oh, absolutely. Broad he's four years older he than Broad. He has to be.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, there's no point in, like, what happens if we break Broad for or break Anderson. Like, Anderson's a couple of years away at most from retirement. If you break Anderson, you break it. Just play them while they're fit. If they're fit... They're not carrying any niggles. Like, I feel fine, boss. I feel fine. Play them. Yeah. Like, you can put Archer on ice. A, you can put a, Wokes on ice. It's you can a big
0: put... ask, though. It's if, a like, big the, ask.
1: If they're happy to do it, and they're, they're not carrying any injuries going into those games, just play them. Yeah. Just play
2: them. Well, they did that in the Ashes, and uh, Anderson bowled, like, four balls and then pulled a hammy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Anderson well, was coming off an injury about. into that. If they're fit,
1: yeah. like, none of them are carrying any injuries as far as we know. If they're fit and ready to go, just just play them. If they come out come out of the first test, oh, i oh, a bit sore after that, put them on ice. But if they're like,
0: "Nah, I'm good, I feel good," just don't overthink it. Well, the problem is that with the West Indies, though, there's, some of them didn't bowl that many overs. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think they might be bowling a few more overs against Pakistan.
1: Yeah, I would imagine so, unless they they do what they like. England bowl very well. It's like we we dry, we. Don't don't listen to us and think that we think that um, England only won because the West Indies played poorly. England were very good, um, yeah. very very good. Yeah, for sure. Um, they like they were playing a, a batting lineup that simply wasn't up for the fight, but they didn't get deliver. There was no shit gets wickets in that bowling attack. They bowled some very, very good deliveries. Yeah, they,
2: they dropped Moen and Ali.
1: They bowled some very, very good deliveries, some very, very good spells. They were right on top of their game, and they were just too classy for, for the West Indies. They play like that. They're going to be hard to beat for anyone. Um, for the West Indies, they haven't really got a lot on their plate at the moment. They were supposed to play South Africa, but it got um, postponed for this series. There was talk of them pot- potentially shifting that series to September, um, so hopefully that goes ahead and the West Indies can get back in and and they'll be back in the comforts of home at this uh, point. All so c-
2: all credit for to them for for getting out there and oh and making absolutely the like happen.
1: like we said at the the beginning of like a for the the first episode that we did covering the first test the the cricketing world owes the West Indies a massive debt of thanks. Like, it's a big ass. They've been basically living in hotel rooms for two months. Mm. Um, not being able to go out anywhere, just training,
2: and, hotel, uh, training, hotel. And when you think about where they could be, um, yeah. you know, the paradise of the... Like how many days of <laughs> rain
1: and miserable weather did we get? <laughs> and they come from the Caribbean.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Darren Bravo is probably sitting
1: on a beach somewhere sipping drink out of a coconut going, why would I want to be there?
2: (laughs) Yeah, Um, he's the smart one.
1: I do know that Jason Holder is um, like, you know, they thank Jason Holder and all that for bringing his team out there. And he's responded with, you know, maybe England can then book a tour to come out, return the favor because the Windies will need a you know, an injection of cash into their economy for their um, for their, their cricket boards. So fill their coffers up by actually having someone go out to there. So hopefully um, the ICC and the respective cricket boards across the world actually get their acts together. And if there was a tour to the West Indies plan somewhere in there, they get that worked out. So hopefully they find a way to, to fit that South African tour in and whatever – health concerns need to be addressed to to make that happen then the the West Indies and the ICC and that can work together to actually make, I suppose it's a lot more difficult because instead of going to England, you're going to potentially two or three different island nations, which you'd imagine would have their own laws and, you know, medical things that they need to comply with. So which Hmm. makes logistically a little bit different, but um, yeah. They, that's
2: something they need to, to jump on and organise as oh, as yeah. soon as they can. we just got to be patient, you know. This kind of – everything is just happening slower. Yeah. <laughs> I think in across the board, in oh, everything.
0: The, the world's a different place at the moment, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know how closely you guys are paying attention, but I am just going to leave off with this because it's obviously going to be a phenomenal trivia question in the next few years. All right. Who did James Anderson take for his five hundredth Test wicket? Well, Babar Azam, hopefully. James Anderson, who's currently on five hundred and eighty Test wickets. What? Oh, I thought you said you. Um, Who did James Anderson take with his five hundredth? It happened oh, okay. before now. It wasn't.
2: Uh-huh. It wasn't George Bailey.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um. Was it an Australian? No. Okay. It was a West Indian.
0: Oh. Chris Gale. No. Was it
2: Jason Holder?
0: No. All
2: right. Let me
1: ask a different question. Who did Chris Bro- Stuart Broad get for his 500th wicket?
2: I don't know. I didn't watch the last day. Oh, you guys are <laughs> useless. <laughs> um, Stuart Broad. No, you, you told me. You told me. You told me. It was an uh, opener. Uh, it, was, it was Craig Brathwaite. All right. Who did James Anderson take for his 500th okay, test it was wicket? Craig Brathwaite.
1: There we go. Um, what? I don't even know I can edit that to make it actually sound like we know what we're talking about. So, right. yes, that's going to be a trivia question in the next sort of two years onwards. James Anderson and Stuart Broad both took Craig Brathwaite for their respective 500th test wickets. They, so, there you go. He's,
2: they call him the dream maker. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, that'll do us. Um, stay tuned. Next episode, we're going to do a draft. That's right. We got bored. You, you love your draft. I do love the drafts. I like <laughs> picking teams. It makes me feel intelligent because I've picked this team. And just picking a normal 11 is just gets a bit monotonous. So we're doing yeah, a draft to. Uh, so we can't pick the same players. So we can't just go, yes, my middle order would be yep. Smith, Coley, and Azam and Williamson. And then we all go. Cool. We've spent an hour saying that we've got the same team. Yeah. We're going to go and do a current World Eleven draft. So stay tuned for that episode next week. And then I suppose the one after that, we'll probably be talking about Pakistan v England. So I'm loving this. You know, we've come out of COVID. There's cricket back on the TV. There's cricket, and we can talk about stuff. England's winning, which isn't as good, but at least it's on.
0: It's still cricket, Aaron. It's still cricket.
1: All right, so I hope you had fun listening to us break down this test. Um, as always, join us online talking about it. Um, if you've got anything that you'd like to add or anything we you disagree with with our uh, breakdown of the series, uh, again, a big congratulations to England. Um, a big thank you to the West Indies for making this happen. And um, more directly, congratulations to Stuart Broad. 500 wickets is not an easy feat. Well done. It is very well-deserved. And luckily for us, he didn't take too many of that 500 in Australia. So um, (laughs) that'll do us.
2: Bye for now. See you guys. Goodbye. Over.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network. Plus.